2: Hi, I'm Mari Forth. And I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from unceded Gadigal land. And this is Crime Scene,
1: the true crime review podcast, where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. Subscribe to our, f- our feed. Rob has a website dot com slash crime feed to get your true crime on Tuesdays. We also drop on the RHAP main feed on
2: Wednesdays. Yes. And this week we are taking a little bit of a break from all the gruesome murder and blood to cover something a little bit unusual, a little bit kinky, kinky. Is that the right word? (laughs) I don't know. We have a very special and appropriate guest to do that. Um, And next week we'll be covering captive audience on Hulu. So you can send in your questions and comments uh, for that. But uh, Murray, what are we talking about this week? So
1: uh, let's open today's file because we watch devoured episode three, we All Scream. Um, and this is on Vice. And like Sarah said, we have the absolute perfect guest here. Um, or, or a d- delicious guest, should we say. <laughs> um, the other host of the Married at First Sight podcast, Asia Welsh. Asia, you, you're following Jason's footsteps. I mean, this is I amazing to am. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> Yes, but we got them, both <laughs> pairs here. so And this <laughs> is was, just perfect. You know, I was like, oh, Jason.
0: You did crime scene. Okay, I, I'll I'll do it now. <laughs> now I'm so I'm so glad y'all inviting me on. I've been loving y'all's coverage uh, every week. You know I'm at the point now where I'm like I don't even need to watch it to listen. Like yep. <laughs> I watched maybe the first ten minutes of Our Father and I said nope. I'm gonna stick with the podcast. And y'all gave me everything I needed. So. <laughs> a little graphic right the first few minutes there exactly It's like I don't know if I'm in the mood for this mm-hmm. so, so I'm excited to be here because this story I mean it personally affected me so mm-hmm. I am very excited to talk about it and just talk about a uh, bluebell's
1: impact on on me as a Texan <laughs> Ooh, I love it and thank you so much for shouting us out on, on Married at First Sight of course me and Sarah are avid uh, maths watchers we were both on your podcast so yes. uh, when I was listening last week I was like "Yes, yeah, shout out yes. Um, <laughs> but what we want to know is what is your true crime background like what kind of true crime properties do you like are you into it are you kind of like a a, a newbie like Jason was like what's your, your uh, relationship with true crime yeah, I'm definitely like a true crime casual.
0: Like if there's something that, you know, comes up on Netflix or, or Hulu and I'm like, oh, this kind of looks interesting, then I'll watch it. Um, but then I, so I'm an Enneagram seven. So, you know, one of my, one of the like traits of a seven is, uh, gluttony. And so when Ooh. I really like something, I go all in. And so that's why I'm always afraid, like, okay, if I really like a story, am I going to do the most to try to learn as much as I can about it because it's just, like, that interesting and I'm that intrigued. So I've I've done that with a couple of things, like, you know, the Elizabeth Holmes of it all. Uh, (laughs) I've watched entirely too many YouTube. just consumed as much as I could about Elizabeth Holmes. Um, That's
1: interesting. I didn't know that was a characteristic trait of sevens.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like the, um not the seven de- deadly sins, but it's just like the, just like the one, I, I don't know what they are for all of them, but I do know sevens have an issue with gluttony. And so mm. like, if I really like, like, I love cider. So I, I just, I love all the cider. <laughs> if I like have a food that I like, like I tried pho for the first time Ugh. this past weekend and I first time in my wow. life and I loved it. I, like, I love a. You can open the doors I, to perception. I say it's incredible. I really <laughs> have wanted it multiple times this week, and oh my I'm gosh. like, yeah, it's, it, it gets bad with like certain things. I just like, I lo- if I really like something, like I love it, and I just have to ha- keep having it. Um, so, am yeah, I a wing <laughs>
1: seven? Oh my god, like, like <laughs> you're, you're describing me, but I know I'm a six. I'm a six. Yeah. I thought I was a six wing five, but I don't know. Hey. You're <laughs> you're right. That's funny. Yeah.
0: So that, that that's kind of my background. I'm just like, you know, I'll watch something if it seems pretty interesting, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like a true crime junkie.
1: Oh, okay. So it's like certain cases will spark your interest and then mm-hmm. you might just go and watch everything on that case? Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. That's oh, that's, I
2: mean, that is one of the things that we're trying to do here is is mm-hmm. steer people towards or away from, as last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. Our, uh you know, any properties. So for people that don't consume absolutely everything that comes across their path, like Mari and I do, mm-hmm. I think that one of the feedbacks that we're getting is, look, it's great because I don't watch everything and I can just kind of, jump in, see if Mm -hmm. you like it and if you Mm -hmm. recommend it. And in fact, we have had a few fervent thank you tweets Uh, for saving people three hours of watching uh, uh, from from last
0: week. (laughs) Right. It's uh, much appreciated.
1: (laughs) All all of my friends, I was like, don't even, don't even just listen to me talk about it. here Because it's a much better use of your time. And and, and even our
2: father, which I think we were generally uh, quite positive about, because we tell you up top sort of what, what the vibe is on it. You can say, even if it's a good thing, I don't mm-hmm. need to watch it because it's not it's not to my uh to my taste, to my kid. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And and that's what I truly like. Like if we're gonna just like pat ourselves on the back here, like oh, RJP RJP as a network. <laughs> like as RGP as a network, like I ended up listening to the Temptation Island um, season finale podcast with Puya. Mm-hmm. I have never watched a single <laughs> episode. I haven't listened to any of the podcasts except for the season finale one. and they had me shout out to Maggie and, and Kirsten and Puya. they had me like I was like, oh my God, no they didn't. Like, not going, uh, I don't know what these people look like. I was kind of googling the people to know what they look like so I could just imagine along with them. But like, I do love that about, about us. And that's what we're here for. You know, we're here to tell you what we like, uh, steer you away, steer you towards it. So uh, I'm just glad that we're all like, you know, steering the people in the right direction because there's only mm-hmm. so much time in the day, and we want you to watch quality television. Yeah. Exactly, I know that yeah. so well.
0: We're covering a show that has just lasted five months, that comes yes. on two hours a week. Yeah. There are people that have reached out to us and let us know, "Hey, thank you so much for covering Married at First Sight in detail because I have stopped watching
2: because I can just listen to the podcast." Yeah, and uh, new uh, new cast dropping June, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. July <laughs> Oh the
1: July. As, oh. Yeah, July sixth is the premiere. The same day as Big Brother. So oh, yes. Wow. Asia. <laughs> yes,
0: and the same day okay. as the challenge USA. It's oh, it's gonna God. be a wonderful night. Um, you know, yes. I'm probably gonna be up until one AM because I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna wanna
1: watch all of them the night of
2: Yes, so, of course.
1: So that is our plug. That is our plug for the Rob Has a Podcast Network. If you're just here for the true crime, stay for the reality TV because uh, there's something for the network for everybody. All right. So let's get into the crime, right? So yes. Asia, um, Asia, tee us up. So we're talking about the show is called Devoured. It is a show. It has, it's a six parts. It has uh, six episodes. It's on vice and it focuses around food crimes, which is just so interesting. And we're talking about episode three, which um, centers on the blue bell listeria outbreak of 2015. The crime itself is in March of 2015, three people were hospitalized with listeria. That number quickly grew to about 10 hospitalizations and three deaths. Unfortunately, the Listeria was then linked to Blue Belt ice cream products. And from there, we kind of found out <laughs> what happened the ceo paul Kruse, issued a partial recall before being forced to stop production and have a full recall because it was a, it was finally revealed that he had ignored reports from his workers the factories uh, were not sanitary he had shredded reports it was just a whole it was a whole lot of bad um their own testing departments indicated they had contaminated products uh but they they kept shipping out contaminated products um so Let's uh get into a little bit more about the episode the episode itself. So um the key with all of the Devoured series is they always have like the pre-credit se- sequence is always like a uh, teaser for everything to come in the episode so I, I, I tend to do like those uh, type of type of beginnings where it's like okay it kind of previews a crime it gives you little snippets of, of what's going to happen so it kind of gets you like reeled into the story and if you don't want to you can like move on to the next one so I, I did like that it is narrated by John Cryer if I'm Sarah correct me if I'm wrong is that John Cryer from uh, 30 Rock uh,
2: uh, John Cryer from uh, Many Things which I can quickly quickly look up. I think he is the most wonderful narrator. Um, he he is is steady. He's not no. over dramatic, but he um, he gives us the story.
0: There are that's, too many John Cryers. That's what his IMDb says. John Cryer, many things,
2: <laughs> many things. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm thinking of. What? Who is the guy who plays Kenneth on Thirty Rock? Oh no, no, that's um another actor whose name is not John Cryer. Uh, That's
0: Jack (laughs) McBriar. That's Jack Jack McBriar. That's right. I I was going to say McBryer from Two and a Half Men, and then
2: I then I doubted myself. So no self doubt. So that was me. (laughs) That was my fault. My bad, everybody.
1: Mm. That makes sense now. Okay, because I was like, I am. I am floored if that was that guy. Okay. Oh no, (laughs) he has a sort of dry.
2: He has a slightly dry affect, and. It's like, for me, he's like that, um, that friend that just sits and says, Well, let me tell you what happened next. And you go, Oh, this is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. So, so him as a narrator, what I don't, I
1: didn't remember him as a narrator when I watched the Delhi Wars episode. I watched the Delhi Wars episode like a while back, right? And then when I watched the this Bluebell one, and I, this was the first time where his narration was actually, like, very forefront and center. I was like, this is different from the Delhi Wars. I didn't, like, necessarily not like it. It just felt like it was, Um, I don't know if you guys watched American Justice, it felt like he was trying to be the guy who narrates American Justice, but his voice didn't have the base for it, mm-hmm. so it kind of was like a halfway point. Um, cause the guy who does American justice is like very, very famous, uh, narrator and he has a very distinct voice. And it kind of felt like the edge of that. I don't, I don't know. Um, I said all that to say we basically open up with the people of Texas saying how blue, bluebell ice cream is Texas. It is the ice cream in Texas. So, of course, because we heard that, we brought on <laughs> our favorite Texan. Yes, I said our. Favorite Texan shade to the other hint, one. Hint. <laughs> so Angel, what is your what is your like point of view of of Bluebell as a Texan? And you said this like directly impacted you. How? Yeah. So for me
0: and for a lot like my family and a lot of people around me, anybody I knew, when you said ice cream, you were talking about Bluebell. Like they were one and the same it wasn't like mm-hmm. oh when you think about ice cream like go get some ice cream from the store it was never like oh what brand <laughs> no it was like by default you were getting bluebell i like i kid you not that was probably the only ice cream i ever had up until this this uh not probably not ever had of course you know the exceptions like marble slab coldstone or whatever but like buying a pint or a gallon from the store it was bluebell so, like mm. growing up, we all of my birthday parties, we'd buy those like, they're like three ounce, um, like party cups of mm-hmm. bluebell. It was just like by default, just get that. Um, and then even like, you know, um, ice cream sandwiches, they have these bluebell ice cream sandwiches. That was honestly wow. the only chocolate I would add, like because I don't eat chocolate or cheese. I just don't like mm-hmm. the taste. But Ooh. the bluebell, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the chocolate on the ice cream sandwiches was like artificial enough where I would I would eat it like literally ice cream sandwiches. My, we kept the Blue Bell ice cream sandwiches in our fridge growing up, and then in, when I got to college, oh my gosh, like I would throw back a pint of Blue Bell any day. Like it was it was it was bad, but it was just like oh let me just go get a pint and then. I, the fact that I could eat that in one sitting was just, it blows my mind today. I would never do that today, but you know, like the banana pudding flavor, amazing. Um, I know a lot of people like cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. And then like even the vanilla, just like the homemade vanilla is just so delicious. Um, so it's just like bluebell has just always been my ice cream of choice, and then they would always have so many flavors, so many options at the grocery store. So that's one major difference I've seen since 2015, since they've gone back in stores is it's so limited. Like, there's Mm -hmm. only a select amount of flavors, there's only a certain amount of gallons and pints that are available. They've gotten rid of, they used to have, like, ice cream sandwiches that were the vanilla ice cream sandwiches, so it was no longer, the sandwich wasn't chocolate, it was vanilla, and then, like, it had, like, a birthday cake filling those were Mm. smacked and so they've gotten rid of those so I would imagine they've reduced the amount of products to so they can have better like quality control control, yeah Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah just like yeah as a Texan, just constantly um having Bluebell like as the ice cream of choice even just driving from Houston to Austin I have to drive through Brenham and they're you know wow yeah. So we like I drive like the high, the highway that connects the two cities. and I go back to Austin a lot. Like my brother lives there now. Uh, that's where I went to college. Um, there's like gas stations that have like, you know, when you go to an ice cream parlor, kind of like we saw in the in the documentary where they have like mm-hmm. the big cups of ice cream. It has Bluebell. So you just stop. There's a place called Scoops. You just stop there, get like a scoop and a cone or a cup. And it's, it's Bluebell. And it's like the most authentic because you're in Brenham. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it hit close to home because after this incident, I probably did not have Bluebell again until like 20. 19, 2020 20 maybe because wow. I was like, I don't know if I yeah. trust it. I just, I, <laughs> you, know, our, you know, you know, yes. you you lose a lot of trust. I'm not like the people of Brenham. Right. I'm, not,
2: <laughs> I'm not like,
0: you know, besides the listeria, I'm going to eat it. No, that was a huge <laughs> breach of my trust. So um, I had to explore. Like, that was the first time I, like 2015, was like the first time I tried Talenti the first time I tried. Ben oh. & Jerry's. Just mm-hmm. kind of like tried to see what else is out there because I was like, I have been so sheltered
1: by yeah. Bluebell all these years. So so I just to give, I guess, some of our listeners a contrast. I am from uh, the, the East. I'm the East Coaster. Um, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Basically spent my whole life here. Ice cream is not a thing that... <laughs> I care for. I I wonder if it's because like the whole it being hot in the South yes, and all that, and hot. us it's like it's it's cold here a good portion of of the year. Not as much as you know, some people. I'm not saying we're the Midwest, but like, and then I think also like I'm not saying I'm not speaking for the whole East Coast, but I also I don't eat ice cream like that. So I I, I truly have never that most I would eat the the ice cream ice cream sandwiches and mm-hmm. I think I would always just go with like good humor or something like that I don't I you know I never paid attention to like the brand of ice cream or mm-hmm. I do like like the the strawberry shortcakes you know yeah stuff like that but I I did not know about Bluebell or any of it until this Listeria outbreak crisis. crisis. And the only re- reason I knew about it was because they talked about it on the read. Shout out mm-hmm. to the read. <laughs> that was the only, I was like, wait, what? Cause I remember Kid Fury uh, mad that they took it all, off the shelf. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I had no clue about, about this until the, the bad news spread, you know? Yeah. So it's, it was so interesting, like hearing you and seeing like, on the documentary, the, fr- the the whole beginning of the documentary is basically the people talking about, like, like just said, te- Bluebell's is Texas, Texas is Bluebell, like, that's the only ice cream you guys eat down there, and how um, they talked about for the city of Britain itself, how um, oh, most of the jobs <laughs> like most mm-hmm. of the jobs are that
2: are that factory. And, and good jobs. I mean, that was the thing that mm-hmm. they said. It's not just, you know, 14. I mean, when there was a layoff of fourteen or 1,500 uh, people, you think, wow, that's like half the workforce. That's a huge employer in that town. Mm-hmm. And they were saying it was a good job. It's like what you wanted to do. Um, I, I was struck by the, the man at the ice cream scoop place with an empty freezer. And the reporter saying, well, why don't mm-hmm. you get another brand? And he said, well, I can't. I can't get another
1: mm-hmm. bread. It's like if there's no bluebells, there is no ice there's cream. Nothing. Yes, no, Bluebell, no ice cream. Exactly. And we got like just the opening with like a montage of just how Bluebell is the identity of the town, how they have the little girl walking like the, the cow. It provides a job and tourism. Um Brenham um called themselves the ice cream capital of the world and all of that. So I, it's a, it, it was so cool. It was cool. It was cool seeing that side of it because it's like a whole other world to me. Like I'm like, I've never heard of any of this. I think the
2: the setup of the, of the little girl leading the cow, that's their logo. And then mm-hmm. there's the bronze statue that, that mm-hmm. the tourists have their photos taken. And I thought this was very clever on the part of the documentary filmmakers because the illustration of this idea of wholesome homemade mm-hmm. family product. Uh, they're in huge modern manufacturing uh, uh, factories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and have spread, you know, through ten states. Then this uh, this uh, now CEO um, ha- has expanded the business. You know, it's a it's a dessert juggernaut, as they call it. And I think that this was a really clever way to show us, the viewer, how it could be this sort of cognitive dissonance of the. The people of Texas, not all Texans, but certainly mm-hmm. the ones they spoke to, of, oh, it was a mistake. It was um, n- not intentional. Uh, they will look after me because they are my childhood and they are my ice cream.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I, I was going to say, yeah, it, it's it's mind blowing because you know even the the part about you know they people were selling it on eBay. Because yes, like you <laughs> can't get it at the stores, so. Mm-hmm. Here's somewhere you can get in. It's just like that, that blew my mind when I would hear that, that people were like, Oh, I found some bluebell at this one place. They still have some. I'm like, this, was the, ice- <laughs> yes.
2: this was the recalled ice cream. People tried to get hold. <laughs> Once there was the, the total recall, people mm-hmm. were rushing to buy it and then on selling it. This is a product that's been recalled because it might kill you. No, yeah. no, let me go and buy an armful and sell it on eBay.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. get, and I think the beginning really shows you how like th- tried to show you the perception because somehow Bluebell managed to keep this perception of a small family owned ice creamery, like down home American values type of deal. When it was like Sarah said, a, a big corporation that has shareholders that it had to abide by. So, and you know, that type of, um, imagery and that type of, uh, you know cognitive dissonance does definitely get uh, applied to once we get to the recalls and stuff it's very very interesting but um, after we get kind of the um the rundown of how the, the factory is viewed in the small town of Brenham. We start to hear that in March 2015, Listeria cases in Kansas are linked to uh, Bluebell ice cream. And the way it's kind of discovered was pretty interesting. Um, it was discovered by a government public health laboratories who are designed to randomly test foods because they are trying to uncover bioterrorism. So, um, of course, after the September 11 attacks and then the, uh, anthrax attacks that happened like soon after that, um, the increased worry of bioterrorism has been a, you know, a thing since then. And apparently our, our government has just been, uh, there's a, a dedicated department of our government to kind of just test food
2: to make sure it's not being, attacked <laughs> but but they're going out and buying it at the grocery store too that, 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 yeah. was, interesting. that was fascinating to me and i thought right because it's not information being provided by the manufacturers it's them saying yes. well i am if i was an ordinary customer and i go to the store and i take this off the shelf and then they're testing that is that safe uh, that was fascinating
1: yeah and i wonder if it's like because when they said that that what came to mind was like the the tylenol attacks like the case of like uh um, the, the one lady, she like, but well, no, not the, no, the Tylenol attacks are on, um, it's still a cold case, but you know how like people were poisoning like Tylenol and medications before they started putting the seals on them. Mm-hmm. That's what like kind of it, it called back to me, but it's really interesting that we have like a dedicated just team of people just testing like random food. But because they were doing that, um, they said, I think they said a lab person in like North Carolina had, had grabbed some Bluebell ice cream, tested it found listeria in it they then uploaded it to what was called the cdc pulse net and it the pulse net um took like the the genetic information of the listeria and ended up connecting it to those cases in kansas and because of they connected the, it to those cases in K- kansas it was um then be able to officially link like oh bluebell is what um gave those those three K the people in in Candace the listeria. They were able to then like kind of do more um investigation, see if those people had, you know, recently eaten Bluebell and able to like pinpoint it that way. We then get um Sarah, did you get the name of the guy, the talking head guy? Sorry, I keep
2: I keep doing it to you, asking Sarah. crazy questions. But I the guy crazy questions. Who,
1: um, I can't remember which one of my, it was. Was
2: it um, the reporter or the food safety attorney? The food safety was it Bill? Yes, the food safety attorney, Bill, um, Bill Marler. Very yes. interesting man. Yeah, yes, he, I like. Uh, he didn't talk about any of his past cases, but uh, he was very very knowledgeable about uh, the legal ramifications of you know killing or or making people sick with your food products.
1: Yes, he said that ninety nine percent of people that get listeria. Are hospitalized and a third of them die, Um, and then we get more information about how listeria itself can survive in water, sewage, um, in man-made environments. And he says it's really dangerous in processed foods like deli meat and cheeses. And this is where he also says like that's that's why like pregnant women are told not to eat like deli meats and stuff when they're they're pregnant. And it just made me like flash back to my pregnancy and all the times that I thought like maybe I could just eat one little pepperoni.
2: Don't do it! (laughs) Don't do it! Don't do it! I've I've had listeria, and really, I have never been so sick in my entire life. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, Would you care
1: to elaborate? (laughs) Right. Well,
2: uh, it was it was uh, from um, uh, a a a, a not not a general source, but not not an unknown source, which was a fresh uh, salmon steak. Mm -hmm. I went and got two. I cooked them for my friend. he ate one, I ate the other, so it was a real it was a real Russian roulette with the salmon oh. um i have i was sick for over a week i I basically lay in bed completely unable to move unless oh I had to move rapidly if you'll pardon me mm-hmm. the, the um the you know both ends um <laughs> It was more than just, um, and that went on. You know, when you you are very unwell and things are coming out of you, and mm-hmm. that generally stops at a certain time. That that went on yeah. for three days, three oh, days, my. and then I lay in bed for another ten days, just completely unable to move. No volition. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't read. I couldn't eat. Nothing. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying, um, and. Uh, I didn't go to hospital because I was sort of young and and, and very uh, healthy and fit. But this is something that they make the point of, that uh, if you have an underlying condition, if you're pregnant, if you're a child, if you're um, elderly, uh, you are in grave danger. But then they go on to point out that what was the percentage of Americans that have underlying conditions? It's like people say, 40%. oh, underlying conditions. Forty percent of people yeah. have underlying Jeez. conditions, so we need to stop this. This is a general. Idea. Here I go. Uh, mm-hmm. Stop, stop accusing people of having underlying conditions. It's not a moral failing to have right. um, to have a a health condition, mm-hmm. and so let's not abandon them to listeria or anything else. But I say, oh well, they had underlying conditions, so therefore we can now dismiss that. And this really, I think, because of you know, the, the era that we're in now. I mean, this documentary was made in March or certainly uh, broadcast in, in March. So it's very fresh and they do mention COVID. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So mm-hmm. I, am, I am here with very firsthand knowledge of listeria and you do not want to get it.
1: Mm. Um. I, well, I did one of my coworkers. I wanted to shout out to my coworkers. A few of them are listening to my true crime podcast. So shout out mm-hmm. to Maria, Peggy and Kelly. Thank you guys for listening. Maria, uh, we are all techs. I told you we're lab techs. Um, before uh, Maria worked with us, she said she actually worked as a QC tech at Costco testing Costco's meats for Listeria. Ooh. Yeah. And she was saying like Listeria is a very like, it's an environmental guy that can be found in literally anything and that it was like their job to do the testing on the meats because i think even um what was it bill 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 marler Marlar said here like you have to be testing like you like mm-hmm. you have to be testing your food you can't just be like out here all willy-nilly you gotta you gotta touch your food and make sure it's it's safe um we also get the quote, you're not in the food business, you're in the food safety business. Yeah, that
2: really struck me. That was from my Yay. grandma who's, who also has an ice cream company. But yes, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. And mm-hmm. as soon as he said that, I thought, oh, a- absolutely. And that combined with the idea that we completely trust these manufacturers. Mm-hmm. When you go and buy, like, leaving aside the sort of adoration of, of, of Bluebell and the position that it has in the community, when you go to the shop and you buy something, you just completely trust that it's going to be safe for you. You don't even think about it.
0: Yeah. yeah ex- especially with like ice cream, like mm-hmm. especially Bluebell, it has a top. It's not sealed. You can't like, oh, you can tell that it's been, you know, the the lid has been taken off or anything like mm-hmm. that. There's no plastic seal on top. You just oh, open wow. it and you eat it. Like that's, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I know, which was a huge problem when there was a, there was a terrible trend going around with teenagers going oh, to the licking store, the licking it. Yeah. And then closing I mean, it. And I you can't that. tell which oh. one has been. Yeah. I know. So unless, I mean, unless Bluebell has changed that in the past year, I would say the last time I got Bluebell is maybe like a year ago. Um, then maybe that's better. But yeah, especially with ice cream, like specifically Bluebell, it's like, trusting that oh they they took care of me up until this point so I'm, it's safe to eat
1: yeah and and like um, somebody said in the doc too like ice cream is one of those things you're not you can't cook it <laughs> you can't yep. clean it like it is one of those things that needs to be you know safe upon arrival because you just eat it you just open it and eat it
2: I, I'd be, I'd be intrigued, um, from your point of view, Murray, about like how Listeria operates, because one of the things that they were talking mm. about that again i mean i was very struck by much of much of this documentary it's fascinating yes. everyone um it it's, it has a very sort of uh, um slow pace and it just steps through and there's lots of mm-hmm. vision of ice cream being made i don't know if i want any more ice cream after watching it but it yeah. is if you're a procedural nerd like i am it mm-hmm. steps through the procedure really well and one of the things that that um the biochemist talked about uh, i'll get their name in a minute um was it's actually you've got to work quite hard to get listeria yeah. ice cream because <laughs> yes. it's it's cold not that listeria minds the cold but it's mm-hmm. it's the high sugar content that the bacteria doesn't like and um that that was incredible it's like there has to be active negligence and as we find out there was there says, was yes. um, dr mansoor salmon who was the food and safety microbiologist
1: yes so so what happens is paul crucey uh, he takes over in 2004, right? He re- reluctantly takes over third generation cruise to take over. He immediately starts expanding the company. Like you pointed out earlier, Sarah, they opened 26 distribution plants in 10 other states and Bluebell climbs like the number one ice cream in the U.S. The problem is just like your question is because they, they expand so quickly. What happens is condensation begins to become a problem in the plant. And this is what, um, this is what, uh, he was talking about here, Sarah. Like the condensation, when you, when you get that condensation on the side of like the equipment and stuff like that, uh, coupled with Listeria monocytogenes being present in the environment, we find out later that through FDA testing, it starts with Listeria is found in the environment. It's found at the facilities. It was found like I they said it was like found on the floor. It was found in a mixing bowl. It was found on like the wall. Once listeria is is introduced to, to the environment, that greatly ups the chance that it will eventually get to the product, especially if you don't do anything about it, like right. you don't, tended not to do. So because listeria can can um thrive in in multiple types of of environment and it creates this, this film, um, that, that has the spores. It was ripe for, for really getting into this ice cream. So what would happen is the condensation from the equipment would then drip down into the ice cream directly, directly into the product, the mixed product. And that's what he meant by, <laughs> um, you have to like actively make ice cream unsafe because literally all they had to do was just address their condensation problems. They should have Probably close those facilities to try and um, get the listeria outside of the, you know, like scrub that that place down so that they can get the listeria out of the environment. Because again, if the listeria is in the environment, it only will take but so long for it to find its way into the product. So we um, hear that uh, a lot of uh, ex-employees talk to the reporters and stuff, and the ex-employees would talk about how the condensation would drip into the product. Uh, One employee said water, like when it would rain, water would collect on the roof of their facility. And you could see it collecting on the roof, and then the water would then roll down the wall. And again, eventually into the ice cream. It's like, Asia, what are we thinking about these practices here? (laughs) It's it's so negligent. It's just like, to
0: hear this, it just, it makes me want to steer clear. I know that, you know, they have tried to make corrections, but the fact that that was ever allowed, it just makes you want to steer clear of it even Mm -hmm. longer. Because, like, you would I wouldn't even do that preparing HelloFresh in my kitchen. You know, like <laughs> just just for like me and my roommate. I wouldn't even I would that wouldn't fly. So the fact that, yeah. you know, it's it they deliver this product on such a large scale just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it it just gets into the corporate greed of it because they couldn't fathom thinking about shutting things down to prevent things from um perfect making money basically yeah
1: exactly and it also is just kind of like seems lazy too like yeah. you know I, I don't know if any of you guys watch Bar Rescue but like the first thing when, when, when John Taffer goes into a bar he goes into the back and he just sees like everything that's not cleaned it's like you actively had to look around your kitchen and not clean anything and that's what it seems like they said here with the um with the factories like they said um the slime from the listeria would coat the equipment and then the equipment itself would be coated with the butter fat because um the butter fat is comes from the churning and the mixing of the ice cream and they said in order to get rid of not only the butter fat um or not only the listeria, they would have to get rid of the butterfat, um, and, and properly clean it off the instruments. I'm assuming I would hope every day, you know, yeah. at least, at least a month away. I don't know. Um, but they were saying the employees were saying they sometimes didn't have enough hot water to completely clean that butterfat off the equipment. And because they couldn't completely clean the butterfat off the equipment, the listeria was kind of just hiding under it because the butterfat almost acted as a shield for it. Um, which was just ridiculous, but it seemed like the employees themselves were really trying to, um, bring it to the attention because we get the next thing we we know we know we get this segment where it's like um there is an indictment and the employees complained about the dangerous conditions in 2010. They told Paul Crusey and the management um but they ignored the warnings. I I guess I kind of want to ask you guys right around here. This is where it kind of this section, like kind of like the indictment, the problems, all of that, this this section felt kind of muddy to me. Because they were talking about the, an indictment, but they didn't introduce the indictment until later on. What we end up finding out, it was a U.S. versus Paul cruci Um, it is the indictment that is currently being prosecuted right now, but they don't like talk about that now. They just, <laughs> they just yeah. kind of say according to the indictment. We keep hearing the words according to the indictment. And I was kind of wishing they kind of flushed this out a little more. Um, because it was starting to kind of get, get muddy to me. Sarah, do you, do you see where I'm coming from here or am I just? Left
2: yes, there? I do. Um, I mean, people don't normally watch these things twice. I mean, you and I mm-hmm. and our guests often do because we, we have to talk about them. So for someone just exactly. watching once, uh, yes, I, I feel was there a way they could have I mean, I know they want to make it a mystery, but almost mm-hmm. like start with the indictment. You know, Paul Krusey is currently, uh, his 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 case is coming up. He's mm-hmm. charged with these things. Or in some way, um, not talk about the indictment, but talk about the original sources, which were the reports from the workers. Actually, what did mm-hmm. you think about these workers banding together to go to management and say, this is wrong?
0: Oh, I loved it. I'm mm-hmm. glad that there are, cause it, it because it's, it shows that we, like employees across the board can have a voice and don't have mm-hmm. to bow to the CEO or the president or whoever is running the company because those are the people who benefit the most from that company, the success, the yeah, the, the revenues of that, uh, whatever product they have or service they deliver. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm glad that no matter how great the job was, especially for Brenham, that, that they, they, it still got to a point where they're like, look, I don't, I don't care, how, you know, if this is the best job I can get right now, this is impacting people. So it's just showing that there are still people out there who care mm-hmm. for other people, no matter the cost, because we can't rely on the CEOs, the presidents, the, the executives of these companies to be the, people to do the right thing because we've been proven time and time again or it's been proven time and time again that that's probably not going to be the hap- not going to happen <laughs> like they're not going to be the ones that's like ah we should correct things now before you know this this exactly. wasn't Ben and Jerry's I mean Ben and Jerry's they are continuing to step up and just show that they are they care for people and mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's reflective in their their marketing and and the statements they make around just things happening uh, in the world today. But, you know, I, I think it was, it was a great sign. And I think if, you know, other people saw that, they could see, look, I should be able to do something like that too, because,
1: exactly, I mean,
0: you know, we see it even with, uh, you know, Elizabeth Holmes, you know, the, the mm-hmm. ones to say what, what's going on here. So, you know, hopefully it's, it's like a, Once you know, I think it's like even if even one person heard it and something's uh, morally wrong is going on at their company, they could feel free to say something.
2: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I think it's the power of collective bargaining. I mean, I'm very pro union, Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we see with the Elizabeth Holmes, it was single people objecting, and then they were out the door. But with this, it it seems like a group of people went, and I think as Mary says, it does get a bit muddled because you think when. When did he know and what did he know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think just as I got confused about that, um, uh, the narration v- virtually says that. Uh, what did he, mm-hmm. what did 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 he know yeah. and when did he know it? Um, and talk about this crossroads that, that Paul Krusey comes to where the tests are coming in um, positive. And he has a solution to that, which may be familiar in another arena, which is positive too many positive tests? Stop testing. <laughs> that was, uh, that was his solution. solution. That hit home.
1: That hit home. Yeah. Yeah. And so the media, the media, uh, starts to probe the case. Um, and they find out that there were FDA inspections that found the condensation dripping directly into the product. Um, and that FDA found the listeria, like I said, in the environment as far back as 2013. So um, this is, again, when we get to the end, we figure out how this kind of all unfolded, but they try to manipulate it in a different type of way. And, and I, I guess I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But like, So then we find out in 2011, military inspectors said that uh, Blue Bell was too dangerous to feed their troops. They actually decided not to um, feed their troops the troops Bluebell and it was because the military found contaminants um, in, in Bluebell ice cream and this was when Bluebell decided to independently test their ice cream but of course once they started getting some presumptive positives that's when cruci said stop testing <laughs> um, and it's just kind of like hmm. they, he also had employees destroy records um, of, of po- presumed positives and still shipped out the products between 2010 and 2015. So that's very scary. Um, and it kind of makes you wonder how this didn't happen sooner, but let's get into a little bit of the sciencey. I'm about to get some real, real sciencey up in the air Uh, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So what was happening was they were testing, um, for chloroform bacteria, which is basically, like he said, they explained it as like a check engine light um, and there are certain um, limits that are set by food regulations. If you exceed those limits, you're supposed to continue to investigate to figure out what that is. So... um, Again, if there's any uh, quality techs out there or any lab techs who know a little bit more about this, feel free to contact us and correct me if I'm wrong here. But from what I understand about just like this chloroform bacteria testing, it's basically kind of like just taking your product. It's like plating it on just a regular plate. And then if something grows, you're supposed to follow up. You know what I'm saying? Like It's kind of like just a catch-all test. It's like you're doing the test. You're not looking for anything specifically here. You're just looking to see if anything grows. Once stuff grows, you're supposed to then like, Oh, there is like a bacteria or something here in this product. So we need to start to test and try and try and identify the bacteria, especially if there's so much of that chloroform bacteria. Um, I think, uh, one of the talking heads said the higher the chloroform numbers there are the the more likelihood that it'll be contaminated um and then the more likelihood that it will be contaminated with a pathogen like listeria because they point out in ice cream there's only a, but a few um types of bacteria that can grow. So if you're getting very high numbers of chloroform testing, then you should assume that you have a large contamination process. And then you should then try and figure out what is contaminated with, which would probably lead you back to listeria. But basically they did none of that. They mm-hmm. saw that they're like, they're like, Hey, the chloroform bacteria test came back too many to count. Um, the lab tech said too many to count and they were like, all right, just mm-hmm. ship it out. Like <laughs> let's just, we don't need to know what that was of that too many to count um bacterium. We have we don't need to know that. Like it it it's just mind blowing. It's just mind blowing to me that they're like, ah, you yeah, see it. Let's, let's keep it moving. You know?
0: It's just <laughs> oh yeah, it's like you said, just overall laziness uh-huh. that could have impacted so many more people than it did. Um, but it's just like the the fact that it impacted anyone is awful.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so at this point, um the the Brenham factories and the broken broken arrow factories, which the broken arrow factories apparently was the factory that um provided the Kansas the 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 um ice cream that uh, led to the Kansas outbreaks um both had chloroform pro- problems. Kruse knew about the chloroform in those three facilities. He, of course, knew about the employee complaints because they cr- directly came up to him. And then he had five years of tests of possible listeria, the, you know, um, uh, possible listeria uh, affecting his product. And he never raised the alarm. He did nothing about it. Um, and we, got, we come to find out that the three people who do eventually die were already in the hospital, sick. The staff at the hospital made them milkshakes with bluebell ice cream, trying to make their day better. And unfortunately, because of their underlying conditioning conditions, because they were already in the hospital, they ended up dying. And I, I'm just really wondering again, 2010 to 2015. Sarah, do you think it's possible that people could have been getting sick with listeria and not knowing it? Oh, definitely. Um,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you think if you've if you've ever had food poisoning, you go back over. You think, what did I what did I have? When did mm-hmm. I have it? And often, if you think of the thing that makes you sick, you go oh, and you go, okay, that was it. Mm-hmm. But I was reading that listeria can actually uh, wait to to make you sick for it for a, for a period of time. So you could have had that ice cream days before, and you're not going to think about ice cream. Uh, mm-hmm. being the being the thing so I definitely think that um, there were people who were uh, getting mildly sick although they seem to say that it's so powerful it's that so it sends powerful. people to the hospital so yeah. I'm not sure Actually, what you think? yeah I think that
0: I don't know it's so hard to say because you would think that like is that is Listeria not something that can be found Like if someone came to the hospital and let's say it affected, um, it looked like they had something else. Do you think that people were being diagnosed for their cause of death with something that was different than listeria?
1: Well, that's the thing. Basically, the only way you would die is if you're already like immunocompromised in some way. So Mm -hmm. they might not look for it if that's the case. And then if you're you're hospitalized, I, I. I wonder if it's something they have to be looking for because so when, when Sarah described her, um you know, her uh food illness, I've been, I've had food poisoning a total of three times, two times. It was very mild. I knew exactly where it came from and I was not pleasant, but you know, I was like, okay, the, the third time I had food poisoning, it, it was though it was like Sarah said it knocked me down. I I was like I had never felt so sick in my entire life, and I went to the urgent care. All the urgent care did was you know give me an IV, gave me some medicine, you know, told me to go home and rest. I rest I rest for about a week, you know. Um, but same thing it was coming out of both ends, and it was just like mm-hmm. there was just you had no energy and stuff like that. So I knew I had food poisoning. But, you know, food poisoning, there's lots of different bacteria that can cause food poisoning. Um, so I, I think unless you do get and unless you do go and get hospitalized, that's when they would like look for the
2: underlying cause. You may not poison. even go to the doctor. I mean, you may not yeah. even go to the doctor. So there may have been people who were ill and thought, oh, I've got a bit of food poisoning or I have some stomach mm-hmm. flu. I've got mm-hmm. gastroenteritis. I've got yep. whatever it might be don't go to the doctor, suffer at home, get better, mm-hmm, right. and move on. So I just can't think that for five years these contaminated products were going out and right. people weren't um, becoming unwell. I mean, we do have the poor young man who was severely affected, brain damaged uh, by mm-hmm. the listeria. Um, he didn't turn up to work and his friends had to basically go and break his door down. They found him um uh, on the floor, sort of unconscious and fevered, and he'd been there for a couple of days. And the only reason they linked it back to the Bluebell was they had his shopping receipts. They found his mm. um, receipt from from the grocery store, and they saw. And I suppose they were alert to to the listeria problem, but I mean, if he'd thrown away the receipt, not taken right. the receipt, um, they would never have known where he uh, where he picked it up. And he sued Bluebell, and they settled for an unspecified uh, amount and the and the reporter said i rang to speak to him but he is still unable to speak and that was very shocking
1: very sad yeah and it looks like even like i think salmonella might be the number one cause of food poisoning and then you have like enterobacter. there's just so many bacteria e coli of course Mm -hmm. there's so many things that can cause it i truly think it's like because I think what it it truly was is once you found the one case you knew what to look for Mm -hmm. and then that's when you find the multiple cases and then once you get the link to the Bluebell that's when it really opens the floodgates. That's what I would I I think that's how how it goes because there were probably people getting sick way before that but they just didn't know they didn't know to look. They were covered you know but the moment you get that one door that opens then you know People are looking for it. So, yes, yes, that's that's what I think, because there's I feel like there's no way that that five years of unsanitary conditions that that this is the only time that happened.
0: Right. And if you think about the the population, specifically, I guess, with Texas and what we saw in the documentary of you know, people's loyalty to Bluebell. Even if yeah. there, once this came out in 2015 and then people thought back like, well, there was that period of time I was really sick and you know what? I did have Bluebell mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say anything because I don't, you know, that would look <laughs> terrible on Bluebell. There probably were so many examples of people doing mm-hmm. that.
1: So let's uh, speed through here a little bit. So March 15th, March 2015, they finally issued that partial recall we talked about. They only removed um, the ice cream from one um, factory. Um, Blue Bell employees, again, they wanted to warn the customers, but again, the higher ups, the CEO said, no, we'll just, it's just a partial recall, y'all, it's just partial recall. And they didn't even mention why they recalled it. They didn't say anything about Listeria. Um but this is so this is where like the the recall pretty much goes under the radar until the reporter grabs the case. So um the reporter who was like the main let's see, was it Mark Collette? I think it was. Yes, the, Mark Collette. Yeah, our, from our the
2: Houston Chronicle.
1: Yes, our main narrator here. He's the one who, who noticed that he was the one who noticed that this case is much bigger than we think it is because Bluebell is huge in texas he's the one who starts digging it seems like he's the one who finds the fda reports it basically sounded like but they they didn't really give him as much credit it sounded like this story really broke once he kind of um looked into it more uh that's what it sounded like to me but i i wasn't sure with how they were kind of crafting this this narrative but um also, in the month for the partial, when they took the partial, um, had the partial recall, three Texans had now become sick with listeria, which upped it to about, I think they said eight cases at that point. Of course, after the outbreak starts, the FDA goes back um, to test. I'm like, oh, great. Here you guys are. Um, and they find that more than 99% of the, the Blue Bell products are positive for listeria. And we had um, horrifying yeah, we had, uh, what was it, uh, Mansour, was it Samadipur, uh, Dr. Mansour saying like at any point, if they had tested anything, like if they had done any type of smidgen of testing, they would have found that their products right. were positive for Listeria. So clearly, clearly they weren't testing. Um, and so finally in April 2015, Bluebell recalled all of its ice cream. They lost a hundred million dollars. Unfortunately, in the Brenham um, factory, they laid off a third of their employees, which always sucks. And then, of course, like Sarah mentioned, Phil Shockley, the 32-year-old man who was found to have listeriosis, uh, who suffered permanent brain damage. Um, he sued Bluebell, settled out of court for an undisclosed amount of money. But this is where we talked about it, but this is where it kind of gets very interesting here. Um, Bluebell goes off the shelf but instead of people abandoning the product, we had people kind of close ranks around it. We had people talk about a lot of the community saying this is getting blown out of proportion. Um, they said they felt like Bluebell did all they could. The com- community seemed like they didn't realize how negligent Bluebell was. And we said Texans refused to eat any other type of brand of ice cream. Um people would buy it from eBay. The mm-hmm. quote,
2: Listeria or not, it's still my favorite ice cream. It's very, <laughs> yeah, she very was fabulous. interesting. She was happy to eat any pathogen that Bluebell right. gave her. Asia, did you, did
1: any of this kind of affect you? Like, did you see a lot of this? Oh, I, oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, it was just like, every time you go into the grocery store, the place where Bluebell was, which was always a significant part of the freezer section where, where, where the ice cream was, was just mm-hmm. empty. And all it was was a sign on the, on the on the freezer door that, like you know, was out of you know not there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or it was recalled, but they weren't replacing it. They mm-hmm. were it just stayed empty, so it just seemed like a you know like a, a ghost town. Like, oh my gosh, this is where Bluebell used to to lay, you know. <laughs> and so you know the fact that they were only gone for the summer. I know the girl mm-hmm. was talking about what <laughs> called it the no. I don't. I don't remember anybody calling it that. Maybe (laughs) people in Brenham absolutely did. But, you know, it wasn't just like it wasn't just like Bluebell was isolated to the summer either. You know, Mm -hmm. it's obviously hot all the time in Texas. We get a day or two of winter. And so, you know, we would eat Bluebell whenever. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. just like, oh my gosh, now it's summer. Specifically, I can't have it now. This is awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it It definitely, once it was taken off the shelves, I mean, it was definitely present anywhere you went that had it before. Mm.
1: We also get that in the fall of 2015, the product comes back on shelves. Bluebell promised that they fixed everything. Um, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I I, I specifically
0: remember. Yeah, I specifically remember Mm -hmm. the people celebrating like we, as like friends on my Instagram story, I got it, my pint of Bluebell. They have it at this HEB. They're in stock. Like people were jumping at it. And I'm like, no, there oh needs to God. be. I Y'all be the testers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not
0: risking it, like the first batch that's back at my <laughs> grocery
2: store. I'm going to grab it. Absolutely not. Yeah. I was struck by the the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, uh, Sorry, having a ceremony. Partner. Yes. He celebrated the return of Bluebell <laughs> and brought the cartons into his office. And none of these people said the corporate negligence and the disregard for customers and the greed and the love of money have caused three deaths. Uh, at least 10 documented cases. And as we say, surely others, this uh, young man has lost his life. Basically, he's, yeah. he's brain damaged and unable to move. Um, and it's like, Oh, hurrah. They swept the mm-hmm. floor and now we can all scream yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's extraordinary. And this is how, you know, to expand it, this is how this corporate greed and this, uh, lack of human feeling um, impacts all our lives in all sorts of ways. When the when when money becomes the sole and only driving uh, factor, there's a way that some people appear to be able to switch off their brain, switch off their empathy, uh, switch mm-hmm. off their humanity, and that other people cheer and support them for doing so. Right.
1: The Department of Justice sued Bluebell uh, due to the 10 hospitalizations and three deaths. They were charged with misdemeanors. Uh, they pled guilty and were fined uh, $17 million on top of another $1 million dollars that they had to give to the military. Uh, CEO Crusay is actually facing a different set of charges. They are really going after him for felony counts for conspiracy and withholding uh, evidence his trial, like we said, will start July 26, 2022. 20, so if we ever, if we have any updates, we'll like update for that. But you know, was there damage to the brand Asia? Do you think that there is any damage to the brand? I mean, they came back every, all the ice cream sold out. They said their profits have gone back to pre pre outbreak profits within like three years. I think they said, was there damage to the brand? I think that if, if like
0: maybe like a little, you know, it's kind of like a boxer was in the ring and like you could tell like they had a fight last week, like mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, the day mm-hmm. after like that would have been 2015. But the, the week or two after is like, oh, OK, maybe were they in a fight? Um <laughs> Because it's just like, you know, like me personally. I definitely, I, Bluebell is not my only ice cream of choice anymore. I will grab other things now. Um, and so, you know, it's just like I have options that, that experience allowed me now to have options, but there are still people out there who are just loyal and like ride so hard for Bluebell. So it's not like it affected a hundred percent of their consumers, but I think it definitely affected some people. Like I, I definitely don't see it as often everywhere. It's not at every single party or like, you know, birthday party, like even kids parties, it's not just like, Oh, naturally Bluebell will be there. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that they didn't suffer like from a revenue perspective or they're not mm-hmm. suffering right now from a revenue perspective because there are still people who are loyal. Are still people that are, you know, friends of friends or continue to buy, but it's just not the same people. Um,
1: from the past. Well, that's it for uh, We All Scream. However, like we said, Devoured has, it does have six episodes on Vice currently. The first one is called A Slice of Pie, about pizza makers and the mafia in New York. Uh, We also had The Codfather, which was about commercial fishing. We had the fast food killer, which was a serial killer who was targeting uh fast food workers at night. And then um we also had the uh deli wars about the Carnegie Deli, and then the Great Hive Heist, which is about a cargo hijacking of bees. Um, Sarah, what, what was your favorite episode out of the six? Like we're just gonna quickly talk about the other ones.
2: Yeah, look, the standouts for me, uh, were, uh, this one because I, I like the processy nature of it. And I, and I, you know, got into a froth of, of horrified disdain about corporate greed. Huh. Um, I think the Carnegie Deli as an episode is the best of the six. I it, agree. It's about, uh, personal greed. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're not killing people, but it's about, it's about a particular mindset. It's very New York, if I can say that. Um, But it's looking at New York institutions. It's looking at an attitude of mind. And it's also looking at personal betrayal. And I just mm-hmm. loved seeing all those huge sandwiches. I think it's extremely, I, I think the whole series, spoiler alert really well. for my magnifying glasses, it's all very well made. I think some mm-hmm. of them are more interesting than others. And then my third would be, the cod father, just because it was something I just hadn't even considered, uh, was this, um, you are only, you, you, there are, uh, just briefly, there are, um, limits to certain fish you can catch. So if you mm. catch the ones that have a large, a uh, small limit, you call them different fish and you make them disappear. And again, that was processing with the, the law enforcement that know all about fish. <laughs> it's, like, it's like these specialized uh, law enforcement, which we also see in the high-fives. How about you? What, what, were, you, what were your thoughts what? on the whole series?
1: I uh, yeah I like the whole series. Devoured is a great series if you like to learn about food crimes. Um I think that some of the some of the cases work better in the format uh, in the Devour format than others. Like I like this one, I like We All Scream. I think I learned a lot, but I did find that um a little bit of of it was disjointed as opposed to the Carnegie Deli. Um the Deli Wars episode was a very well laid out and um very well uh executed so devoured is a great series on vice that i would definitely suggest but let's get to the magnifying glass uh ratings so asia out of five magnifying glasses what would you rate we all scream um the devoured episode
0: so yeah i mean you made a really good point about the end so i definitely learned especially living this experience i learned a lot from this uh from this episode um but then the the end was just so like just it felt rushed but i understand yes. they had a time constraint and so i could definitely see this like a full-blown like two-hour like dive deeper especially once they know more once the trial actually starts um but it was just kind of like i want to see the result of it like what what are the con- the true consequences like okay yeah they did it they don't they're back in stores now people are still buying them maybe they you know they they do have a shortage of products, but you know I want to know what 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 the uh what the um what they're going to be what are the charges <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> so, uh so because of that but, but I did enjoy watching it, it was a very mm-hmm. easy watch so i I think I would give it four magnifying glasses um I think the only thing that would take it up to five for me would be if we had had the conclusion of his trial and
1: we
2: knew where everything stood today
1: hmm. Great. Sarah, how about you?
2: Uh, Yes, look, I I think we're all pretty much on the same page. I'm going to give uh, this one three and a half. I liked it very much. I was interested. I mean, as I say, I did watch it twice. So um, Mm -hmm. perhaps the muddle, the slight muddle in the middle uh, uh, evened out a little bit for me. I think that um, my favorite episode, The Delhi Wars, I would give that a four. And mm-hmm. for the series as a whole, I'm going to give it a solid 3. I think it's really good. I think the Fast Food Killer is a bit of a misstep because yeah, it doesn't weird. deal with food crimes. It just so happens that he killed people who worked in the fight. like it was a, it was a good episode, like a really good episode, very very well done, but I felt it didn't fit um uh, with the I think they had it just to get a sixth episode because the theme of of food crimes um you know, food crumbs beyond pineapple on pizza uh, <laughs> is, is very, very interesting. So three and a half for We All Scream and three for the series as a whole. And how about you, Mari?
1: Um, I would definitely give... I would give We All Scream 3.5 as well. I'm trying to decide if I wanted to give it a three just to be contrarian, but honestly, it is pretty good. Um, it's not the best thing we've seen, but I think it's, I, I love it as like when we watch our little standalone episodes, like, you know, when we did Snap and stuff like that and, and stuff a part of a series. I think this was a good episode. Like you said, I think Devoured, what is a great, um, vehicle for, for most of these. So I would definitely say, um, a 3.5. Uh, Let's get into our recommendations. Um, Asia, do you have any true crime properties you would like to recommend?
0: Yes. Um, So the whole story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. um, Mm -hmm. So I know most people have have heard about it, uh, Mm -hmm. but it's the story of uh, the Munchausen um, syndrome by proxy where uh Gypsy Rose's mother um she was making her ill uh she had her in a wheelchair she had her on a feeding tube Gypsy mm-hmm. could walk she didn't need a feeding tube um mm-hmm. so Gypsy was tired of dealing with this and so she um enlisted her online boyfriend to kill her mother mm-hmm. um and now they are both uh, serving sen- sentences so that's the that's the public story and so um I first heard about it on Doctor Phil. I found the episode, so it's Doctor Phil episode season sixteen, episode fifty-two, and that's in that's basically Doctor Phil interviewing Gypsy Rose in um, prison, and she's Mm -hmm. thirty, so she she's my I think she was born in like ninety-one, and so. Dr. Phil interviewed her. I was intrigued by her story. And then I know that HBO came out with um, it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. Uh Yeah, I haven't seen that. But Hulu did come out with the act, which is a scripted version of this story, which they did heavily based off of the trial um, because there are some YouTube videos of the actual trial with Gypsy Rose. And I've gone back and tried to look to see like how accurate the act is. And it's pretty spot on I mean mm-hmm. I mean it's as accurate as you could be you know with being mm-hmm. a series and it's really interesting like even just knowing the story like what happened it's really interesting watching how it played out um and just how everything went down so
1: if you haven't seen awesome. the act
0: on Hulu go check it out
1: I have not seen the act on Hulu, Hulu because I did see Mommy Dead and Dearest mm-hmm. on HBO and I think that is probably the the better of all of the documentaries I've seen on, on this case, because I, I think I've seen all of the like the American Justices, the yeah. like the Snap, whatever the all the little one off ones I've seen on this series, and I think that Mommy Dead and Dearest was, was definitely my favorite. So if you, mm-hmm. if, you if you're saying if you're, and if you're saying watch that the act is very close to it, then I'm, mm-hmm. I think I would definitely want to check that out. Sarah, uh, what about you? What's your recommendation?
2: oh uh, yes i'll just um um third the the prayers for for mummy dead and dearest um so i 've got a podcast recommendation today. The podcast is called Morbid, and it's hosted by Alana, who is an autopsy tech and Ash, who is a hairstylist and they are two women who talk about crime uh, so immediately i like them um, they take they take a crime and they they talk about it. They tell each other the story. And it's very simple. It's very human. Um, I've only just discovered them, and I am really enjoying the episodes. So I would recommend the podcast, Morbid. Uh, Mari, what about you? Do you have a recommendation today? I do, and I... I
1: have, I have a few, but I'm going to save one. I'm going to save one for the next, the next episode. But for this one, if we're going to stick with corporate greed, right? My um, recommendation is downfall, the case against Boeing. I have never watched a documentary like hanging on the seat of my, like the seat of my chair. Don't watch it if you have to get on a plane anytime. (laughs) <laughs> do not do it. I made that mistake of watching it a month before I had to get on a plane for the first time in 3 years. So just don't do that. But it's a really good like a documentary. Um it's a documentary. Uh, yes, yeah, just a documentary. I was just trying to make sure on Netflix. And it's called Downfall and it is about the um if if you don't know um back in I think it was 2015. Uh no, 2019. Um, two, two Boeing aircrafts in separate, um, in separate locations. One was in, um, an Ethiopian Airlines airplane and one was, um, an Indonesian airplane, I want to say, crashed shortly after takeoff. And I remember these, I remember these crashes when they happened. Like I, I remember the, the, the crashes. Because I was like, this can't be real. Cause the, 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 Indone- the Indonesian crash happened first. And then like less than six months later, the, um, the, it, the Ethiopian airline crash happened. And it finally comes out that Boeing changed their, their, uh, 737 models to the 737 MAX. And they like really changed, like completely changed the makeup of it, the air, the, um, Airplane itself and added a stabilization system without telling the pilots they did not tell the pilots that it was a major alteration to the plane, and it caused um, it caused both these planes to go down in truth and um, basically, you find out that the alteration was because Boeing wanted to save money, and it is a very damning documentary about how. Corporate greed killed 346 people. Like straight up. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, the employees at the plant were complaining just like the ones here at Bluebell. Um, they were cutting employees who were, were complaining. They were skipping, um, steps. They were not they did not tell the pilots about the new alter alterations to the model because then the pilots would have to go through retraining and that would cost millions of dollars. So they're like, Hey, just send out a, a, a manual and tell them to read up on this. And that should be enough. Um, it, it is very, it's a very, it, it pissed me off. It's, it's, it's one of those documentaries that really sit with you and it makes you so upset. And you're like, you cannot be this callous with people's lives. You truly cannot be. So, um, if you're in the mood, check it out. It, it is really good, but honestly, I would really say don't get on a plane after. <laughs> <Do not. laughs> At least not exactly like I do. <laughs> yeah, I have like
0: three trips coming up, so I'm going to wait until do September stuff. and then watch yes. it, put it <laughs> yeah. on the list.
1: <laughs> Don't yeah, do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, but here at crime scene, we are eager to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. So you can follow crime scene on Twitter. Um, crime scene RHAP. That's, uh, at crime, S-E-E-N R-H-A-P, or you can email us, um, crime scene R-H-A-P at gmail.com
2: Yes, you could subscribe to the feed to get our episodes a day early, which is, uh, if you want to be up with everything, Rob has a website.com slash crime feed we also very happily accept uh five star reviews it, uh, it helps mm-hmm. people find us uh, we're currently charting in bulgaria so mm-hmm. hello listeners in bulgaria thank you for <laughs> putting us on the charts um, we, we've had a few reviews Murray, that i've been wanting to read this one comes yeah. from oz person uh oz person says Enjoy a new perspective. This is a great podcast, exclamation mark. I spend way too much time searching through true crime options on TV, streaming, and podcasts. Love getting the tidbit reviews from the smart, entertaining hosts. Keep up the good work, y'all. And thanks. Thanks, Osperson. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. And we got this one from Mehmed55. The subject is well-balanced, enjoyable podcast. Five stars. Uh, Mari and Sarah are insightful and entertaining. I love the format of this podcast, especially the recommendation segment. Great guests across the board. Jason Reed is one of my favorite Mm. podcasters. so His episode was definitely a standout. There you go. Another Jason Reed review. And I might
2: just read one more. They're, They're all five stars. So this mm-hmm. one's from Chin Man, great duo. And Chin Man starts a little sternly. I'm not usually that into true crime, but this mm-hmm. podcast has become a must listen in my rotation, and one of the weekly releases I'm most looking forward to. Well, thank you, Chin Man. We we look forward to you hearing us.
1: Yes, uh, <laughs> love it. Asia, what do you have going on, and where can people find you? Yeah, so
0: currently uh, just wrapped up Married at First Sight season 14. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you haven't heard my voice in the past five months, uh, that's where I've been uh, talking about Married at First Sight. So if you are looking for a podcast um, just to listen to the uh, listen to information about this most uh, recent season. Jason Reed. Hey, Jason Reed. Y'all like Jason Reed. (laughs) He's my co-host and we talk all about the season. You don't even have to watch the episode. So it'd be nice, you know, just go back and start at the beginning if you just need a a, a podcast to listen to um, Mm -hmm. from time to time. Um, I also was on the shit 90s pod uh, with Jess Sterling, uh, filled in for Sarah Ferguson. Uh, We talked about Boy Meets World episodes. Three and four of season six. And then I'm also going to be joining, uh, Puya for a couple of things on his 24 hour stream. Yeah. So that wow. would be in the past at the point that this comes out. So definitely go, <laughs> uh, go check it that really out. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go check that out. And then also I, uh, joined uh, Jason Reed and Marissa Garza over on Post Show Recaps to talk about, uh, This Is Us. We did a, the feedback show for this is us to just talk about the series as, as a whole. So, I had a great time doing that. So, go follow me on Twitter at Asia Like Asia, A Y S H A, like A S I A, to just see what I'm up to.
1: Amazing.
2: Uh, Sarah, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? Well, people can follow me at Sarah Carradine on Twitter. You'll hear sort of everything that I'm doing there. Uh, and uh, as Murray and I say, we do want to hear your feedback and recommendations for shows. And we are receiving them both uh, on our uh, Personal uh, Twitter's and at uh, Crime Scene RHAP. So thank you for that, everybody. We like to know that, that there are actually people listening. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to hop over to post show recaps, you'll find my episode by episode uh, recap of Candy on Hulu. Uh, that it's now a, a couple of weeks old, but it's not too late to get into the series, which I recommend with some reservations. Uh, Mari, what about you? Um,
1: of course. Uh we're every we're here every Tuesday true crime Tuesdays so make sure you follow us and subscribe at crime scene RJP. but uh every week you can find me and Matt Scott maybe I don't know we're still in contract dispute mm-hmm. uh, the Wrestling half up podcast <laughs> um where every week me and Matt go over the highlights of the week in pro wrestling again you don't even have to watch just come and listen to matt and our wonderful guests talk about wrestling we just dropped the hell in a cell preview podcast hell in a cell um was last week at this point and um Mm -hmm. if hopefully you listen to me rob and chappelle uh give our predictions and hopefully chappelle was wrong Like that's, (laughs) that's what I hope. So if you want to hear that, you can go to Rob has a slash wrestling feed and subscribe to us there. And you can also find us on YouTube at the Rob has a podcast, YouTube search Rob has a podcast wrestling or half
2: up on YouTube and you can watch us on on YouTube. It's such a better experience. So what are we covering next, Sarah? Well, next time on Crime Scene, we'll be covering Captive Audience uh, with special guest Lisa Holmes, librarian and Survivor New Zealand winner. They can watch it on Hulu and send in your comments and questions. Thanks to Will from America for the theme music and Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes.
1: Until next time, Case Case closed. Closed.